Hey y'all, it's Jesse. I'm asking that in honor of this episode of Kentucky History and Haunts, that my listeners make a donation to the Center for Women and Families in Louisville, and I will link to that charity's donation page in the show notes. Thanks so much, and I hope you enjoy the episode. This is Kentucky History and Haunts. I'm Jesse Bartholomew, and I was on the treadmill watching Forensic Files, as one does, when I came across an episode that took place in Verona, Kentucky, and it's really an interesting case. It's very stressful, Um, but I did a little more research. I put together an episode on it, and I'm really excited about it. So this one is for my true crime people. It's not so much history-based, but, you know, it did happen in Kentucky over a long span of time, so uh, strap in. I will give a trigger warning when I start to talk about things that might, might make some people uncomfortable, so you can skip ahead a little bit if you need to. So, this is the story of Bill Major and Marlene Oaks. Like I said, it takes place in Verona, Kentucky, which is kind of up towards northern Kentucky, like before you get to Cincinnati. So her full name was Helen Marlene Oaks, but she went by Marlene and, of course, Marlene Major when she got married to Bill Major. She was born on December 7th, 1954, and... Bill and Marlene had been married nine years when at 25 years old, Marlene, mother of two young children, was reported missing. After an argument one Saturday, her husband Bill said she just hopped in her car and drove off. So she and her car were missing, but she hadn't taken any personal items with her. She didn't even take her driver's license. So Bill claimed that he spent the rest of the day looking for her, and then finally that following Wednesday, he officially reported her missing. So Marlene had also been having an affair with a man named Glenn St. Hilaire, who weirdly enough worked for Bill and lived on a trailer that was literally on their property. But Bill was super into it because... Rumor was that Bill was seeing other people too, and because he was trying to keep her happy for reasons we will certainly get into. So everything's fine, right? Nothing could possibly go wrong with this setup. Um, At the time, Marlene's son Donald was eight, and her daughter Lalana was four. Uh, They were both said to have been in bed when she, quote, left. And Lalana is an absolute hero in this story, as you'll soon find out. There was no evidence of a struggle anywhere, so the investigators really were starting to think that she just abandoned her family. Bill told the kids that their mother was a drug addict and a prostitute, that she didn't care about them, and that she'd run off with another man to start a new life without them. In the following days, he sold a lot of stuff, including his three guns. And a little while after that, he moved the kids to Rhode Island, which is where he was from originally. So he moved to Rhode Island with the kids to be near his parents, and then he got remarried. 
Uh, meanwhile, Glenn stayed in Verona and took a job at a local factory. So 20 years went by and no one heard a word from Marlene. And now I'll give a trigger warning. I am going to talk about child abuse here. So Marlene is gone and Bill has the kids and he is beating both of them to the point where Lalana said her brother couldn't pick himself up off the floor afterwards. And there were actually some photos on the Forensic Files episode on this case where you can see the kids have bruises on their faces. It's just so sad. Um, And it gets worse, so skip if you don't want to hear it. They finally admitted, the kids admitted to their new stepmom, that Bill had also been sexually abusing both of them. And he threatened that he would kill the other one if one acted out of line or told. So she called the police and had Bill arrested on charges of first-degree sexual assault. And Lalana feared that if they didn't keep him behind bars, he would get out and kill them both. Bill was sentenced to 15 years in prison for the assault, but he got out in 11. His second wife divorced him while he was incarcerated, but he also somehow got remarried a third time during his prison stint to a woman named Claire, who married him after a, quote, correspondence courtship. Bill's dad said that originally Claire was under the impression that he was in jail for armed robbery, And when Bill's dad called to set the record straight about the crime his son had actually committed, she chose to stay with him. So that's that. At this point, Lalana is nine and her brother Donald is 13. And they're sent back to Kentucky to live with their grandmother on their mom's side. So after spending some time with her, Lalana finally musters up the courage to ask her grandmother what she really thinks happened to her mother or if she'd heard from her at all over the years. Her grandmother paused and then told Lalana that she believed that her mother was dead and that her father had killed her. Lalana was given access to her mother's cold case file at the Boone County Police Department when she turned 20 years old. It's here that she found a journal entry from her mother that clearly implied that Marlene had known about Bill sexually assaulting her brother, Donald. Also in the journal, she wrote about filing for divorce and knowing that he'd signed the papers because of the blackmail information she could use against him if he didn't. So here's an excerpt from the diary. Quote, I know what I saw. I told him not to touch me ever again, and if he touches Donald, I'll kill him. I could be the biggest whore to walk the streets of Verona, and no judge would dare give him custody of my kids before me. Apparently, Bill was also previously convicted of molesting two boys in 1975. Unfortunately, the police did have access to that diary during the preliminary investigation, but it just wasn't strong enough evidence for charges against Bill. Oh, and he also refused to take a polygraph test. 
Lalana began interviewing everyone who might have known her mother, and many reported the same thing, including Glenn, who lived on their property, that if Marlene tried to leave Bill and take the kids, he would kill her. He also allegedly bragged about, quote, committing the perfect crime. Trigger warning here, if you don't like the gory details, just skip a few seconds. He allegedly told people that he would cut her head off, knock her teeth out, remove her jaw, cut her up into pieces, and spread her throughout the state if she tried to leave. Then Lalana learned that a hunter had found a skull on a rural piece of land one year after her mother's disappearance and just a mile from their home. Unfortunately, they couldn't do any type of DNA analysis because of degradation to the bone. Coincidentally, this skull had no teeth or jaw, so dental records wouldn't do anything, and a large bullet hole showed it had entered through the face and exited the top of the skull. Luckily, new forensic testing was entering the scene some 20 years later and might help identify the skull. testing found that the skull belonged to a Caucasian female, roughly between 20 and 30 years old. Then a new type of mitochondrial DNA testing became available that would cost $20,000 to process. And initially the state of Kentucky refused to pay for it, and then they changed their mind after the family started trying to raise it themselves. So the test revealed that the DNA of the skull was an exact match to Lalana's saliva, which meant it was a match to Marlene, since mitochondrial DNA is passed maternally. So now that they knew Marlene was murdered, they put two and two together and figured what happened was probably that Bill shot his wife in the face, dismembered her, distributed her remains in various sinkholes, got rid of the gun, and rolled her car into the Ohio River. Now they just had to prove it 20 years later. No small task. So enter Bill's dad. Five years prior to this skull discovery, Bill's dad said that Bill had actually straight up admitted to the murder um, in a phone conversation to him. He did go to the police with this information, but they had absolutely no hard evidence, and unfortunately that secondhand confession wasn't enough for them to do anything about it. But Bill really wanted to help put an end to all this, so he agreed to put a recorder on his phone so the police could tap his conversations with Bill, who is now living in Massachusetts. And what do you know, Bill incriminated himself. Uh, Fun fact, from a report in South Coast Today, a Massachusetts publication, there's a quote from Bill's dad when asked about his son possibly facing the death penalty. He says, quote, that's all right. I'll pull the expletive switch if they need me to. He's no good. He's no asset to anyone. In the conversation, his dad tells Bill that Lalana is desperately seeking closure and that she wants Marlene's remains so that she can have a proper funeral. To which Bill responds, quote, 
yeah, and put me in jail for life. And he talks in a weirdly northern accent for being from Kentucky. I guess it's because he's originally from Rhode Island. But anyway, Bill's dad goes on to say, quote, you've pulled off the perfect crime, haven't you? And Bill says, quote, no, I wouldn't call it perfect because if the crime was perfect, nobody would ever know about it. During extradition back to Kentucky, dumbass Bill confessed, telling the local sheriff, quote, that girl meant nothing to me. I don't know what he's trying to prove here. He specifically admitted to pushing her car into the river and burying her remains in a sinkhole, though neither of these things have been found. But he was formally charged for the murder in July 2001 when he was 57 years old. Bill Major was found guilty of first-degree murder of Helen Marlene Oakes and tampering with physical evidence after a very short and sweet 43-minute deliberation. He murdered her on October 11, 1980. He was convicted July 28, 2003. He is extra fucking gross at his trial in Boone County, Um, The defense tried to argue that a stroke in 1995 rendered him delusional, which is pretty worthless considering that was 15 years after he committed the murder. I I don't know what they were trying to prove there either. Um, He does not look remorseful. He does not sound remorseful. He looks almost amused that he got away with it for as long as he did. Um, He is just a big, gross scumbag. And if you look him up, you will... I think you'll agree with me on that one. So his sentencing is going to frustrate you. Even though he got away with this murder over two decades, he was sentenced to life in prison with the possibility of parole after eight years. I believe he was up for parole most recently in 2016, but was denied. Um, big yikes, his conviction was reversed in 2005. Um, it got a retrial, but he was found guilty again. So thanks for wasting all that taxpayer money, you flaming pile of garbage. Um, that initial conviction was reversed because of, one, the improper admission of evidence of uncharged crimes, and two, the admission into evidence of firearms unconnected to the crimes charged. So, as far as I know, this dirtbag is just rotting away in prison. Um, Don't know anything about upcoming parole opportunities. Um, If something happens, I will post a little update on a future episode. But other than that, that is the horrible story of Bill Major and Marlene Oaks. Thank you, Lalana, for being such a hero for your mom and doing all that extra work and just staying with it for all those years. And uh, that is it. For this episode, I used a lot of information from the Forensic Files episode, A Daughter's Journey. 
I also used a little bit from an article called The Murder of Marlene Major by Mary Hallberg. Slaying suspect's dad shows no sympathy for son from the South Coast today. And the court case Major v. Commonwealth um, from the Supreme Court of Kentucky. If you have anything you would like to talk about on the show, I'd love to have you on. Just send an email to kyhistoryhaunts at gmail.com or send me a message on Instagram, kyhistoryhaunts, or find the Facebook page, Kentucky History and Haunts. Thank you for listening, and I look forward to sharing something with you next time.